I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. All right, welcome to Zetus Lapidus. I'm Alan. I'm Molly. And I'm Max. And we're happy to, happy to be back talking to you. Um, just a little bit about the format of how this show works. We are watching every Disney Channel original movie, also known as a DCOM, and how we will be referring to it going forward, week by week, reviewing them, dissecting them, frankly, spending a lot of time in the minutia. Uh, although I think this week, maybe, maybe less time in the minutia, there's not as much to break down. I honestly think we spend more time thinking about and talking about these movies than the people that made them do. At Pretty least this valid. one, from what I can see. Right. So last week was our first episode that was under wraps, uh, the first ever official Disney Channel original movie. This is You Lucky Dog. Uh, Starring Kirk Cameron. Yeah, the one and only Kirk Cameron. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Just truly, uh, I mean, he is a unique individual. That, you know what? what the great- one and only is accurate yeah i was just doing some research on kurt cameron before we got on here and i'm obviously not going to get into this uh get into it too much but i'll just say it. He, that guy's got a punchable face uh i don't think he and i see eye to eye on pretty much anything and um yeah the last 25 years of his life have really taken a turn he's He's in a very al- consistent yeah. direction. He's come a long mm-hmm. way since Mike Seaver, which is, I'm sure, how all of us were introduced <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, growing pains. Uh, so, as you might have heard, You Lucky Dog released uh, June 27th of 1998. Uh, very much unlike Under Wraps, which gave us and spoiled the entirety of the plot um, in terms of its description in IMDb, You Lucky Dog encapsulates the plot quite nicely. Uh, it is simply... Man leaves his fortune to his dog and its psychiatrist. The less um, words, the better. I fully agree. Uh, so I, I suppose my main question is, did, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? I don't remember watching this movie. Now, that being said, as I rewatched this movie, there were moments that I remembered. So I must have, or I saw it on a rerun, or I caught bits of it but i don't like you know there are decoms that we're gonna talk about that i like have very vivid memories of watching smart house right yeah i don't have that memory of this movie but i apparently remembered scenes the one scene i remember and i i also don't know if i watched it or maybe saw it on a, a trailer for it or something was and we'll get to it when kurt cameron spoiler alert becomes the dog <laughs> Uh, when he's like in the living room because they've torn apart the sofa and there's like pillows and fluff and feathers everywhere. And he's like chewing on a bone or a shoe and like acting all dog-like in this mess that he created. That I have a very visceral image of that scene. I mean, it's an iconic scene, truly. Yeah. and But I don't remember loving this one. That's a fair assessment. I also don't remember the film in its entirety as a child. I remember maybe a couple of scenes, the most iconic of which, and we'll talk about a little bit later, is Kirk Cameron, or I'm sorry, Jack Morgan, as his his named character in the film, is Jack Morgan and the dog, Lucky, the titular character, uh, howling at the moon with each other that I, that sticks out to me that is a vivid memory mm. but neither here nor there so so if I, general if consensus gonna, right if i'm gonna be honest i often in my brain mix this up with turner and hooch really 
Turner don't and Hooch is, don't, is a, don't do that to Turner and Hooch. It's a I good feel movie. bad for Tom Hanks don't, that I feel Don't that do that to Turner like, and Hooch. I actually Why? thought when we were going to watch this, I was like, oh, that's the Tom Hanks movie. And then I was like, well, that's not a decom. God, I wish that this was a Tom <laughs> Hanks movie. This, Can I, I just say, <laughs> like, both because that would be better as a movie and also Tom Hanks is better as a person like <laughs> i wish that this was a tom hanks movie not to mention an actor like i think unfortunately it is not yeah i mean also uh, God, we're i mean we're gonna get into it but i think the general consensus is folks listening uh wow this movie is just a trip and it's one that i i only want to go on once and i'm glad that we did it together as a, as a club and i'm happy to never do it again but that being said, let's actually go ahead and let's step back, shall we, into June 27th of 1998. Uh, for those of you who are listening, the top song, and for you, Molly and Max, the top song that was top of the charts this week was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Oh, that song slaps. Ooh. He yeah. belongs to me. The uh. boy is uh. mine. Uh. I'm sorry that uh. you uh. seem to be confused. Uh. Uh, yeah, that's that's a throwback. I, yeah, that, I was just song. it could have been by Molly. Honestly, I think, yeah, said. really, really. Yeah. Uh, the top grossing film for this week was Doctor Doolittle, starring Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh, wow! Yeah, an animal, wow. an animal, Another human animal film. connection I just film. The, the hamster in that, or the the guinea pig. It was, it was a guinea maybe, pig. I think it was a guinea yeah. pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A theme this week. Yeah, mm -hmm. truthfully. Yeah. We've got you Lucky Dog and, and Dr. Doolittle. And then some news headlines for you. I picked two that were the most interesting to me. Uh, the first, well, one that's interesting to me and one that I, I suppose is pop culturally relevant at the time. One is that the Chicago Bulls dynasty was announced to have come to an end. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really sort of their waning years of professional like dominance, really, in yeah. basketball. I uh, I only know about that because most of those people ended up on Space Jam. So <laughs> at least one of them. All at least I one can, of them. Did, I, yeah. At least one of them ended up on Space Jam. Yeah. So that's most NBA players I can name um, were in Space Jam or dated a Kardashian. Uh -huh. So that's kind those of. Can you name like what ones. are what are a few NBA players yeah. that were Who, in Space Jam? Go ahead, just like them. just like give me more than one. Okay, Michael Jordan. <laughs> right. Yep. Okay. Charles Barkley. Wow, very good. I, oh you know my what? gosh. That is an NBA player that was in Space From Jam. Left do, you have any, field. do you have any more? Was Scottie Pippen in it? He was not. He was Who's no, the was Muggsy not. somebody is the short one? Uh huh. Muggsy Bugs, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a, surprised. There's a white one. Um, there's Larry? a there, white one. Is his uh -huh. name Larry? Oh, wow. Uh, he does appear in the movie. Uh huh. He's Larry, not one of the players, though. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Yeah. I believe he appears in the movie, it's but very, only yeah. as a. If I remember it correctly, he like maybe plays golf with Michael. Yeah. He's it's, not, oh yeah, not, yeah. In the beginning, he's not one of the basketball players. Right. There's a Patrick. There is. Wow. Um, oh my gosh. And my favorite basketball player, and yours uh -huh. probably. Yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, that's uh, true. Truthfully. He is my favorite basketball the, the player. Basketball. He does. He does appear. Yeah, very yeah. good. Very yeah. good. Well done, Molly. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Patrick. Patrick Ewing is Patrick the, Ewing. Yes, is the last name of the of the basketball player you're looking and, for. And and there's a chance that some of those people were in the Chicago Bulls. 
At least one of them, like I, I said. Michael Jordan, I know. The, yeah, the, nobody else was, just well, to tell you. Sports. Yeah. Not yeah. another one of those people were on the Chicago Bulls, but I, but I, Michael Jordan was. I always think of him as just like a really good baseball player. That's... Oh. You know, he was he was a, a fair baseball player. Yeah, That's how Space Jam starts. Yeah, I agree. That's I agree. the whole plot. He had like a 300 batting average, which for somebody that never played baseball, pretty good. Um, And the second which is more pop culture uh, headline from June 27th of 1998 or thereabouts is that Bruce Willis and Demi Moore split. Oh, this would lead to Ashton Kutcher. It would. It would oh, lead yeah, to the eventual Ashton Kutcher relationship. You know, I like Bruce Willis. Yeah. I've always yeah. been a fan of him. I like Die Hard. Yeah. yeah. How are you feel about him dating uh, Rachel and friends? Oh, yeah. How did you feel I got about that? it. When Rachel was like, I'm going to date Bruce Willis. I was like, you're like, I understand. You. Okay. Good for right. you. I was more into <laughs> Rachel dating Bruce Willis than Ross dating his like 18 year old daughter. Oh, yeah. That was oh, very, that was his that student. Was, that was oh, very strange. Weird. Yeah. So, it you know. is better. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just let's all settle into what it was like on June 27th of 1998. Um, and before we dive into the movie specifically, though, let's I, I found I shouldn't say I found I really scoured the Internet for anything about this movie that would be considered a fun fact. And uh, I came up with two facts, only one of which is remotely fun. And uh, the other is just kind of common knowledge, which just shows uh-huh. how little the Internet, I think, collectively cares about this movie. The first in the not fun bit of trivia is that Kirk Cameron, the the leading star of this film actually that's not true lucky's the leading star of the film kurt cameron the secondary character of the film (laughs) uh and chelsea noble who is the sort of leading lady i guess the Mm. the the lawyer character we meet are married in real life and they they co-star in the film together i did know that i wrote some things down about that and i i think they met on growing pains I think that's true as well. well they, so yeah. this this movie came out in 98. They were married in what, 91? Yeah, they were married in 91, which was made them not young, young, but I think he was like 21, if I'm remembering my Google history yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah. So young, youngish. Yeah. Youngish. Uh, so that is, that's just a sort of general knowledge check for you. And then the, la- the, the fun fact is that the budget for this film oh God. was esti- <laughs> estimated at $4 million. I don't know if, if, if you've done the math for what inflation would, would be for that, but it's roughly seven and a half million in today dollars, which I feel like is not a lot of money. How much does a movie Yeah, cost I to can't make? decide, even though that's not a lot of money, I can't decide if that's still more money than I expected it to be. I think um, <laughs> after seeing this movie. <laughs> also, I think the question is if it, Regardless of of the amount, right? I wonder where it went and who it went to. Because renting the, a mansion, uh, the, probably primary. I, Second is likely getting James Avery on the yeah, on the call. Uncle James Phil. Avery, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Phil, <laughs> Uncle was Phil taking home the bag. High cost. Yeah. I mean, think about it. He. Okay, I, mean, I I wanted to have a reference point before I started really getting into this, and I was trying to find a film released around the same time that I feel like would have similar production costs, like not a big action film or something. So I looked up an actual good movie that was released less than a year later, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, that is a great movie. And that... Can we do a review of that movie? I would love... I would have rather done that. That is a better movie than this. Okay, tell me, what was the budget of 10 Things I Hate About You? 13 million. 
So double. Yeah. No, triple uh, in those dollars. Oh, right, right, right. You're right, right. It's four. It's four. It's four. And they actually, like, that movie was actually something that I'd want to watch again. Yeah. Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger. How can you not? A young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Of course. That movie is so good. It's so good. I, 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 we could do a whole episode on that movie. But. <laughs> but we're, but hey, we're not. But we're, we're not. We're here. And, and, <laughs> but instead, let's dog. talk about this. I, Kirk Cameron I, movie. I genuinely think we've delayed this for long enough. So here's what we're going to do. All right. Normally, hold on. I've got to. I gotta close my eyes. I gotta listen to the boy's mind in my head. I gotta think about Dr. Doolittle and the bulls. I'm in 1998. (laughs) Well, if you're thinking about the bulls, you're probably sad because their dynasty's ending, which I think puts you in a perfect headspace to talk about you lucky dog. I'm going to be very clear. Not a lot happens at the start of this film. So I don't want to go into excruciating detail on the scenes that the, at the outset, let's just kind of cover the highlights. But what we are noticing across DCOMs, at least the first two, is that we cannot have a DCOM from the, early, from the, from the mid to late 90s without, a, without credits rolling at the start of a film. Yeah. You, you can't have a DCOM. We love an opening creds. Gotta love opening creds. I, uh, again, think that's telling of the time. No one has the attention span anymore to watch three minutes of credits. Yeah. Truthfully, much less so when these credits roll with a lot of pictures of child Kirk Cameron on newspapers that just roll throughout the entire I will give universe. this, I'm gonna give this movie a little bit of credit over Under Wraps though, because whereas Under Wraps, I mean, thematic, yes, they had like mummy wrappings and yeah. 25 cent spiders. True. But <laughs> this movie at least uses the credits to sort of establish the basis of this movie, right? right? Like you're seeing newspaper clippings from when this character, Jack Morgan was younger, and it's talking about him being a dog psychic and he can read the dog's mind and, and whatever. So at least, at least the credits are like establishing context for the plot um, rather than just papyrus font on mummy wrapping. <laughs> stop I, I, like, they, they use the credits true, better in true. this movie. So, and, and I think that's actually great. We're learning something. What do we learn? We learned that Jack Morgan as a kid apparently has a psychic connection with his dog. To be super clear, I'm not sure if it's established that if it's with just his dog or with dogs, plural. That's not really set for us here. We yeah, are, it just says like dog psychic. Yeah, just dog psychic. We are, and, and this, it, we're, we're, we're sort of led to believe, I think, through this opening sequence that it's with every dog. Because what, it cuts to Jack Morgan in his practice where he is a dog psychiatrist, psychologist, psychic, all of the above, maybe. I think they just bubbled in D on the Scantron. Taking on a client of a dog. I shouldn't say that. He's asleep. And, and uh, shenanigans ensue with his clientele being very unhappy with him. Yeah, I mean, he claims to be a dog psychic, a dog therapist, which is a thing. I mean, sure. Caesar Milan makes a good living that way. Amongst other TLC shows. But yeah, he's a hack because he's literally sleeping and the client barges in because they're like, what's taking so long? They realize he's a hack. And then my favorite thing happens maybe in the whole film. And that's the client is like, I'm personal friends with the mayor and I'm going to shut your shit down. Which that's right. What? That, that's how local government works, Alan. I, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that, but if you're personal friends with the mayor, then you could call and get any private establishment close. Right. Like, tell, me, tell me more. Taco Bell. <laughs> they don't have taco shells. They're Shut out them of down. Cheesy gorditas. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. That feels like a, a deeply personal anecdote there. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not important. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> 
I didn't like how this person talked to me. Shut him down, right? Like, I, it doesn't matter if this is a privately owned business. I'm trying to think if there's a local business or a place I've ever been to that I'd be like, shut them down. I don't think there is because I appreciate that businesses got a business. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, true. But to your point, Jack's business isn't businessing. He's asleep. Like he's actively not participating. He should in definitely the thing his be reported to the to Better Business Bureau for for sure. sure. For sure. <laughs> I just don't know if that's really what the mayor should be focused on right. in this town. I'm being honest. Um, unless like it's just the perfect town. There's nothing else going on. I will say <laughs> the time. At first, you think, okay, guy, but. Spoiler alert, the mayor calls like an hour later and yeah. does shut him down. Fast. That paperwork hit the mayor's desk quickly. Like, <laughs> very efficiently run oh, local yeah. government in this town, let That's me just, tell you. It's just wild. Uh, so, uh, but before we get into, like, the scene of Jack's office being stripped of everything as he is, as the mayor literally takes him for all he's worth, we do actually meet the, the title character of the film, Lucky, the dog. Played by a dog named Bogus. But you're right. He is the star. He's the real hero. He's the only reason I kept watching this movie is because he's right. a freaking. He is the, <laughs> he's the moment. He is a freaking cute dog. He's a, he's a cute dog. He's a very cute dog. Yeah. Uh, so Lucky enters with his owner, Mr. Windsor, token and, old and, man. And Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. <laughs> yeah. Truthfully, that is that's the punchline of this thing is like Uncle Phil's there, too. Um, yeah. Which makes me question, like, why are you in this film, James Avery? What happened after Fresh Prince? To Uncle Phil. Well, I mean, like, both physically and, and figuratively. <laughs> I mean, Foreshadowing. We'll he does yeah. manhandle a He's lot gonna, of the cast. He is going to physically carry this movie and metaphorically I have, carry oh God. this movie. I have a question. Who do you think brought home a bigger bag? Uncle Phil or Kirk Cameron? God, I hope it's James Avery. Ooh, that is a... Oh, I'm going to James Avery. When did Fresh Prince end? Okay, well, let's hold on. Let's take a look. Fresh. Do we know, do we know when it was mid 90s? I think. It, okay, hold and on. I just got it pulled up. I just got it pulled up. It ran for six seasons starting in wow. 1990. So it ended in 96. Ooh, so two, two years, years after. after the end of Fresh Prince. And did, I, so was it pushed into syndication immediately afterwards? So like were reruns happening? Do you think? I, I think it's probably in syndication before it ends. I. I would be willing to bet that James Avery got a bigger bag. That like what? Because what had Growing Pains ended way before Growing Pains that. ended like early nineties. Yeah, right. It had been many years. And what did what did what was Kirk Cameron doing between the end of Growing Pains and this travesty of a I film? I think he did some other. I'm pulling it up. Um, I think he did some other like is made for TV or after movies. The this is be all before the zealotry, I believe. Oh, got it. Um, let's see. Growing Pains ended in 92 and then he was in, uh, yeah, a couple of other made for TV movies. The, the computer wore tennis shoes. I remember that one. That oh, was I like, remember that one. That was like not official decoms, but they that. were made for Disney yeah, TV. It was like a Disney premiere. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, the same as like, it, that was the same as oh, like a uh, Susie Q. It's oh, like when you wish upon category. a star. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he had done some things, but then it's very short after this, that if you look at his filmography, it goes to, um, touched by an angel and, oh, and heavy religious yeah. praise the Lord Got and it. his kind of current. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to bet that he, that James Avery takes home the bag because it's, yeah, he's much sure. closer to relevance his TV show's just been on two years before. 
He's, I mean, maybe Kirk Cameron's got a deal with Disney, but I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet James Avery got the bag. Let's be clear. As people who have worked for Disney before, and granted, we did not work for the film side of Disney, but if, if Kirk Cameron is writing a deal with Disney, I bet you good money it's lower than what he's probably valued at. So I'm, if they're pulling in James Avery, they're giving him the bigger bag. Yeah, I think James Avery's just uh, had more negotiating room. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, Uncle Phil, Mr. Windsor, Lucky, enter the room. And suddenly, this is key to the plot, right? Because we have learned thus far through plot monologuing that Jack Morgan does consistently throughout the film because his co-star is a dog. So he has to monologue for the dog, but we establish he monologues very early on. Suddenly, Jack is receiving psychic messages from Lucky the dog. Now, we as the audience know this very clearly. No, because, we didn't. Hmm? Speak for yourself. You didn't know? <laughs> this, this, struck, this took you by surprise? How, how, would you, how would you know? All you heard was a reverb bark sound. <laughs> yeah, and just the one dog in the room. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like a bark. And, and, and Kirk Cameron's like, whoa, 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 what? Kirk like, Cameron is the most surprised person in the room. For, for, now, granted, he's the only person who can hear it, presumably. But he I mean, is, the setup, yeah, the setup of this movie is like, okay, you have to believe that he was able to do this, right? That's what the, that's what the movie is suggesting, for sure. is that he can actually do this. And he, he even says, even though they set up the whole beginning of this to be like, you're a hack, you can't pay your people, you can't pay Bernice, he, he is still like, you know, there was a time I could actually do this. Yeah. And then when the dog speaks to him, he is horrified. <laughs> he is he is literally it's terrified true. to the point of being like get out he kicks you gotta him go. out i don't want you here to, i mean and it, what what it felt like to me is he's this has never happened to him before in his life he has no idea what's happening if he had done this before in his life don't you think he would know what it was maybe in the writer's room they had a meeting and said you know what just like human people have different voices so do dogs when they bark to you psychically. So maybe it's just like a wires cross situation. And he's like, I've never heard this voice in my head before. I'm That's a sorry. Are you suggesting that he was shocked because the dog had a different accent than the <laughs> other dog? You know here? what? You know what? I'm doing my best. Okay. To make some sort of logic out of this. I mean, that it goes as far as when they're, when he's kicking the dog out. He says to Mr. Windsor, who's concerned about the dog's happiness, he says, the dog is unhappy because he's worried about you. There are people in your home that don't have your best interest or whatever. And Mr. Windsor, clearly having heard something that resonates, that like establishes that what he just heard is factual, says, how do you know this? And he responds, to be honest, I have no idea. I have an idea. You're a dog psychic. It's the whole basis of your business. Like, I, just a suggestion that maybe the way you know is that you did your job. Like, I, which we know is a rarity for you there, Jack. I just, I just again, I, Alan, you're suggesting that if someone came up to me with a Midwestern accent, I, I'd be surprised to talk to them. I, like, listen, I first of all, I'm just trying to make sense of it. I know it's crazy. You're giving this movie a lot of credit. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, he he kicks them out. He is startled. And again, I need to make this very clear. If you did not rewatch this movie, which good for you. Yeah, you you win. 
all that we as the audience hear is a bark, but the dog doesn't bark. Like it's just you hear a bark, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then you have Kirk Cameron being like, "Well, what do you mean?" So we're supposed to interpret that. But my question is, if the dog's not going to physically bark, why not just have the dog tell him stuff? Sure, well, like have have an uh, a, a narrator, right? Yeah, like get get somebody to stand in and actually do the new funny accent, right? Because ultimately, what happens is. We are we are introduced, and we'll get to this later. But not only are there psychic, we're we're really learning it's a, it's a different manifestation of new powers, really for for Jack. Where there's the psychic bark, he can also translate random head movements and body language. He can also translate actual barks. So like it, we we're we're learning that it's just like one of a myriad of different powers. But again, let's not get too deep into it. But it's just it's wild to me that this is maybe a thirty second consult that. 25 of the 30 seconds is Jack monologuing. Three is kicking the, kicking Mr. Windsor, Uncle Phil, and Lucky out of his office. And two of it is dropping very clearly relevant information to Mr. Windsor. It is just a, a wild whirlwind of events before we ultimately get to the mayor kicking apparently getting way, way too involved in private business and, and shutting everything down, including the phone that uh, Jack was talking on at the time. Pick my bones while I'm down, you vultures, I believe is what he says. Also, that uh, a dog pun. Taken. That's a dog pun. Uh, There's a that's lot of true. them. There are many dog puns in this movie. Dog pun count that's, stands at one. That's that's true. Now, there was a two-week jump here, right? Yeah, yeah we, we did a two-week two jump to him getting cleaned out. And then, and then we find out that uh, Mr. Windsor, who we've met, one time for 30 seconds and yep. he was frankly rude to um, yeah yeah he was not in nice the 30 seconds that he met this old man who he's never had contact with before in his life yep he was rude to that guy kicked him out of his business so what you're saying Max, is they're strangers they have no relationship at all yeah mr windsor has died we find out from uncle very Phil, sad mr windsor and nice. needs jack morgan to come to his estate because of his will reading. Which feels immensely personal. Also, the news is delivered by James Avery. Or, I'm sorry, Uncle Phil. But for those of you who want to know his actual name in this film, it's Calvin. Just so you know. So Yeah, we mean Uncle Phil. So Uncle that's, Phil. That's his name. His name is movie. Uncle Phil. Uncle, Uncle Phil Uncle delivers Phil. the news. And Jack, he has some trepidation about it, naturally. And then, but also like to, to, to Uncle Phil's point, what else is he doing? His all, he's literally being like everything is being taken away from him. Like, what else do you got going I, on? I can't say that I'd go though. Yeah, I don't think I go either. Oh, I, I, I don't like. You're a stranger. It feels like I'm gonna get murdered a little bit. I, yeah, this might be like we have 25 years of of perspective, and and these days maybe just the chance of getting murder is higher than in 1998. But possibly. Um, but like I don't probably. know that I would go to a murder house with Uncle Phil. I, I'm also sitting here thinking about it. Like, wh what could somebody tell me that would get me to go in this that feels like the adult version suggestion. of get in the van with the candy. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Uh, here's a suggestion. You potentially are the heir of multiple millions of dollars. Hey, look, because that's what he told to uh, Jack. And Jack was like, hey, in those instances, yeah. I'm, buckle up, pal. It's I'm going. They go to the will reading. But while they are en route... It cuts to the actual uh, the actual manner where we meet our our antagonist trio. I love them. Yeah, the nephews and the niece. The nephews and the niece. The the, the we've got the dope, the greedy shill, and the self absorbed narcissist, which are just classic villain tropes. I but love they're them individual so pieces. much. 
They're my yeah. favorite characters, I think. They are Ruben. The dope. The dope. Lyle, the, sh- the greedy one. The narcissist. Well, Lyle's the greedy one. Margaret's the narcissist. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So Ruben and Lyle both have what would be considered American accents. And Margaret, you find out right off the rip, is the only one of the three who is inexplicably British. She also looks vaguely like and dresses exactly like Ruth DeWitt Decatur in Titanic. Rose's mom? Who's Rose's mom. Yeah, she gives, like, I don't know. I, I know they were trying to, like, sell that they are used to this lavish lifestyle because for some reason they are living in the house with their uncle. Not Weird. the children. No, not yeah, children. Yeah, not children. Niece and nephews, Neat, like, but what? like they're three grown adults living. Yeah, no, with, it's weird. Living with each other, first of all, also like, and then co- also with their uncle, and, and also in a clearly codependent relationship. They they exist as a unit. We only ever see in this film one of them separate from the trio at all, and it's Margaret. And things turn out poorly for her, and we'll get to that later. But they are exclusively a unit to the point where when we get a hotel scene with them later. There is one shared bed. So presumably they are all sleeping together. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory grandparents style. (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny image. Little feet to head action. I like that. Spoiler alert, folks. It's a vibrating bed. So anyway, they're all going to get shaken out. Okay. So we go to the will reading. And this is when we meet the, we meet Chelsea Noble's character, Allison Taylor. I think it's important to note that in the will. Yes. Yes, as she's reading it. They get left nothing, nothing essentially. What? Yeah. But there are some sick burns from oh beyond the grave. Sick burns. Mr. I feel like Mr. Windsor would have been excellent to hang out with. If you actually got to know him, I feel like he would have been a savage. He basically, he gives Margaret her favorite mirror because she always is looking at her own reflection. <laughs> She gives Ruben a chair because he's lazy and he His just wants chair. to like sit around all the time. And and when she when when the lawyer tells him he's like, I do like that chair. Yeah. <laughs> like I always wanted it was at this moment, I actually remember writing it down to me like, I really want Ruben to like have a have a have a growth moment and turn into a good guy. Spoiler alert, folks, does not happen. Ruben he's just does an idiot. seem like the one that if he was right. going to turn, it would be he's Ruben. Just, he's just a big, dumb yeah. idiot. I think he's bad because he doesn't know better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. he's just he's just like an... He's the yeah. dope. He's just, yeah, yeah, he's a big old dope. And then uh, Lyle, who was given nothing. Yes, Lyle, yeah. nothing. Yeah, they wrote... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Windsor wrote in a response <laughs> in the will because he knew that Lyle would respond, what, Nothing. Yes, Lyle, absolutely nothing. And then the lawyer's like, it actually says that right here. <laughs> holds up script. <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. holds up script. <laughs> here in my script, it says that when you say the line, I say this line. <laughs> would not surprise me. God, how funny would that no. scene have been if instead of a will, she held up this script of the movie? That would like, have been good. That would have been a banger scene. That would have been a good... <laughs> Just like a fourth wall breaking scene in the middle of this, in the middle of this otherwise lunacy movie. It's like, here, here is the script of the film. It says right here. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's funny. Um, Oh my God. But yeah, then Uncle Phil rolls up with Kirk Cameron and it is revealed to the trio and to us that the whole estate is going to the dog. Yeah. But that 
Jack Morgan, because he clearly has a connection with the dog, is like to oversee the estate. Mm-hmm. So they... what, what, okay, again, Mr. Windsor in total interacted with Jack Morgan for at most 12 seconds. And he was a dick to him. Yeah, and he was an And ass. he was rude. <laughs> um, Wild. Anyway, go on. Yeah, but Uncle Phil shows up and they're like, this is the guy that's getting our money. Oh, yeah, so Margaret they, goes like, crazy. The three of them like jump on. Commit assault. <laughs> yep, commit assault. 100%. <laughs> there, there's assault. Uh, and they're and all climbing in the, into the limo. They're in the limo like cartoonishly beating on them and yeah. Uncle Phil reaches in the sunroof and pulls, grabs Kirk Cameron and like one, yoinks like him. One, one-handed and just <laughs> drops his ass on the pavement. And like, then drives away with the other three to like get him out of like, there. What the? And, and you'd have to imagine that he also manhandles them out of the car whenever he gets to whatever destination they're going The motel, to. probably. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, Uncle Phil is a is an Olympic weightlifter. He is either that or he is roided out of his goddamn mind for this film to be able to do. Like I, I, I think he just has a lot of time on his hands. We'll uh, come back to that. So yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so so now we've got the first meeting of Jack Morgan and Allison Taylor, and let's once again state, Kirk Cameron and Chelsea Noble, who are the actors portraying those two characters respectively are married and have been for seven years. Well, let me say, I just want to say, it makes sense because the chemistry they have on screen. (laughs) I mean, you can tell that they have an intimate connection and that they are tight. You know, they really bring that bond to the movie. Because, man, do they show that on-screen chemistry. (laughs) Palpable. Palpable. And it's made uh, so obvious by their first interaction. All I wrote down is sexist. Like, (laughs) that was the note I wrote down. (laughs) Yeah. Because he says, uh, he was like, she she says she's the lawyer. And he says, I'm surprised. And she says, (laughs) at the lawyer part? Like... The implication, yeah, because you're a woman. woman? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. it's. Be, I'm surprised because you're a woman. Like, I'm not going to say that second part of the sentence, but that, yeah, sure, that's what I meant. It's not only that she's a woman, but she's an attractive woman. Because I yeah. think we can all agree, Kirk Cameron's punching above his weight class. Oh, for that's sure, correct. Not to mention that's the fact correct. that when I first saw this, first of all, I did not know that Kirk Cameron was married to Chelsea Noble upon viewing this. This is something that I actually found out while doing research. Second of all, when I see them on screen, and this might just be by virtue of the fact that Kirk Cameron looks young and always has looked young. I think even now looking at pictures of him, like you are, you you, you look like you're in your 30s. He just has a childlike face. watched 30 seconds of a YouTube video he made this year. I'm very sorry. Uh, That is unfortunate. (laughs) It wasn't. It hurt my eyes for 30 seconds. but, um, But again, he has a beard now. Oh, does he? Does that help? Oh. Does that help him look older? He still looks young for probably how old he actually yeah. is, but he he looks like an adult now. Where I think in this movie he, he just looks looked like a kid, fifteen. And he was and now. I think I don't remember where I read this. I think he was in his late twenties. Yeah. In this in this by filming this, uh, but in comparison, Chelsea Noble looks older than him. I, like, it was like it's a, it's just such a weird. The dynamic is already set strangely because. Allison Taylor, professional lawyer, looks professional, wearing professional garb, has her shit together. Jack Morgan has recently been evicted, is jobless, and is now set up as a hack. Looks fifteen. 
looks yeah. looks 18 and is set up as a dog translator. Yep. Which of these things is not like the other? But you know what gives him more clout? Do tell. The next scene. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. If there's tub, anything tub that, party? <laughs> yeah, if there's anything that could raise his game, it's yeah. the fact that the second thing he does when acquiring a mansion is throw a bubble bath party and perform yeah. an indecent exposure event on the housekeepers. That's true. <laughs> like it's what wrong. he, so, okay. I do want to talk about the bath scene in a little bit more detail, specifically around one thing. I think before we get into the bath scene though, it just has to be stated that the first thing he does is run around the house dancing oh, yeah. and going, it's mine. It's all mine. Which, I'm rich. I'm so rich. Which like also let's, you're not bro. You are Lucky's bitch. Like that is your. <laughs> hey, that's like, a dog pun. Well, rack dog up another thing. one. Thank you. We're up to two dog puns. Got it. All right. Noted. Like you, like you, that is what you are here for. You don't have the money. I just don't believe. How that do you the, think that worked? I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I just had this thought. How do you think that worked in the will? Like, do you think he has an allowance that he's allowed to spend on himself? A stipend? Like, do you think somebody's managing the money and oh, it's like, no. it's Lucky's money, so you have to spend X amount on Lucky, but we'll give you like X percent to blow. My understanding of the will is that he is the controller of the money, which is Lucky's. And so... If definitely not a con man says that Lucky <laughs> wants him to buy himself a Mercedes, then uh, by nature of the will, he should be you allowed to do that. Lucky yeah. loves those leather seats, baby. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Man. Exactly. What yeah. Lucky wanted was a comfortable Lucky. drive. Lucky. And, I, and he wanted me to put the title in my name. I, here's the Lucky thing, though, wants I, me to go on a European vacation and right. leave oh. him home. That's but, right. I, I just... I. I don't think the character Jack Morgan is intelligent enough to pull that off. Is it the fact that the first thing he does is take a bubble bath? Yes! What tipped you off? That is it. With with dog toys. Either yeah. that or the thing he did was go out and buy toy toys. And I don't know which one is more disturbing. I'm I just going to go with over there. Yeah, so I, all I want in the world is to know <laughs> that this was edited out of order of how it was originally intended fully because sure if we just jump ahead like a few minutes in this movie when he has become a dog <laughs> boy is this scene better to understand like i i am much more willing to tolerate him in a bath with dog toys diving in with scuba goggles on and exposing his body to the housekeepers <laughs> if he is manifesting the actions of a dog in that moment but as a 29 year old man with a professional career it's pretty hard for me to stomach if i'm being honest i mean i think it was in the watch party somebody typed in and i just kind of saw it go by in the chat uh, and it was, gosh, I really hope that this is one of those scenes where he's taking a bath in his swim trunks. I Guess what, folks? You know what? Was not the case. He 100% committed an indecent exposure on... The, it, it was the housekeeper who is Mrs. And, Buckminster from How I Met Your Mother and the cook. Yeah, and she's one of those 
actresses that was in everything. I think she was in the nanny and uh, she's in a bunch of stuff around this time. She you was very much that cast. Yeah. I said this in under wraps, but decoms are community theater for sure. <laughs> like they are, there is a collection of 35 actors and actresses that will make up every film that we 100%. watch. Oh, yeah. Like I, they, they, they just reuse people every movie. They're just going back to the same well and pulling up the bucket. Oh you yeah, know? for sure. So Jack Morgan exposes his genitals to <laughs> which worse when you say it like that. I also want to point out like this doesn't feel on brand for Kirk Cameron. Like no, it no, feels sure like doesn't. I'm surprised he agreed to this scene. Well it's because of the bubbles, Molly. The bubbles covered everything. I don't have time to make a joke about that. Nope, the bubbles covered everything. It's, anyway, moving along he exposed his genitals it's, covered in bubbles to <laughs> the housekeeper and the cook. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh <laughs> and they proceeded <laughs> to leave as really, one would really broken up on that one aren't you balls <laughs> you okay? I just have so many like i don't like bubble size didn't take, didn't take a lot of bubbles yeah no we all you know what we're, everyone's we're there. There. We're there you know we're all, all there all, all of there. us are with you yeah so, so we're gonna we're gonna set that to the side and we're going to continue forward because the housekeeper and cook have a very natural reaction. And that is, I want to get the fuck out of here. So they go and pack. Now, apparently, Jack doesn't notice this. He doesn't notice the distinct lack of his housekeeper and his cook. Uh, and instead opts to get dressed and take Lucky out. Actually, oh, by the way, this is another thing that I just want to point out. Lucky says very clearly to Jack, hey, man. I got to pee or something to that effect. It, what he actually said was bark, 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 bark. And Jack proceeds to have a 20 minute conversation with the dog before taking yeah, it out. Yeah, I, I was like, just take this dog out for the love of God. Take <laughs> yeah. this dog out and let him pee. I don't know why he was arguing with the dog so much about taking him out to pee. Like, it's not like the dog was like, take me outside. I'd like to chase down the mailman. Right. The, he, he's worried about the dog getting excited. He just wants to pee, he's bro. Pee. Like he, he's just got to pee. You know, my, like my dog stands at the door when he has to pee too. Like just yeah, take him out. Take him Let out. him pee. Let him do the thing. So eventually, after a twenty-minute conversation, Jack finally does the right thing and takes Lucky out. And then Lucky doesn't pee, and instead does get excited. And this is when we see it happen for the first time. By it, you mean. He's possessed by the dog. Jack getting possessed the transformation. By the dog. Oh yeah. Oh yes. These transformations are so good because he just like crumbles off the bottom of the screen. Like he just <laughs> there's no he like contorts his body in eight ways and then just disappears off the bottom of the screen and that's him becoming a dog. It's hard to understand because like is well, he becoming the dog? It. Is he possessed by the dog? Is the dog's spirit inside of him? Do you think yeah. he's just chant like he's he's, he's just, just like like the spirit lives in me and he just he just the dog the dog truth the dog has control over both forms yeah it's not like he and the dog switch right it's not it's not a freaky friday situation no 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 no. the dog has full dominance and he and the dog are both controlled by the dog and they're both into whatever the dog's into yeah so you know he's you know he's controlled by you you know he's a dog for a few ways one he's on all fours (laughs) right just like dogs are on his hands and knees, not number, hands and feet. Number two, number two, he's digging, just like dogs do. <laughs> and number three, 
Well, he talks like a dog. His dog voice is like a combination of Scooby Doo and like a bad mobster from a film. Oh, no, like I it's think, like no, no, no. He's a de- he he owns a deli. Like he this dog like, yeah, talks like a bad somebody mobster in, from who owns a deli. Yeah, because he's like. Where's the, where's a bone, human? Like he you gets, want a bone? <laughs> I want a bone. He gets very like. You want to find a bone? Gotta dig for a bone. No, my favorite nougat. You know what? Like, it, you know what it kind of is. Just see the new it. Oh no. No. Oh, it's no. a little Pennywise, if I'm being honest. Oh, it's a no. little like. Hiya, Georgie. You want a boat? Like it's a little oh, like oh, it's a little like modern Pennywise, if I'm being honest. Oh, I, I, I hadn't it. thought about that until this moment. But it's like. Hiya, Georgie. You want a bone? I got a bone. I want to dig for a bone. <laughs> uh, that just makes this creepier. So, so they go about doing dog things, and mid packing, housekeeper and cook see this, and their decision is now cemented. They are leaving. I think we can all agree we would fully support and be yeah, with them in that right decision. Call. Yeah, correct, yeah. correct decision. Get out of there. Ladies. So on their way out, they are heading out the door, being chased by actual dog lucky and dog possessed (laughs) jack morgan both on all fours jack morgan's pants at the knee region that he is running on does not get dirty it will only but inexplicably the following day when he wakes up from his dog possession hangover his pants are dirty but in the Uh. moment they are not dirty it is like they kept handing kurt cameron clean pants they probably did a different cut just a different cut so now the housekeepers did deliver a line to Jack Morgan that I only think is important because it, I think it might've been a turning point for Kirk Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, I think that we might be able to point to this line in this movie (laughs) as a life, as a life turning point for (laughs) Kirk Cameron. I, the line is uh, the housekeepers decide they're going to leave. They say, I just want to let you know that we're leaving. It's nothing personal. I just think you might be possessed by the devil. <laughs> and I think that Kirk Cameron might have heard that line and thought it was about him and thought, I need to do something about that. And that explains everything oh. that happens after this If you this look film. at his filmography, I mean, look at what happens <laughs> after this film. I unfortunately did. I think, that, I think that this might be the turning point. He, he didn't think that was a line to Jack Morgan. He thought. That was to me. They're talking about me. And now, that explains how he moves, into, he moves he into the rapture. Corrected series. hard, yeah. yeah like he, and by you know, it, it, the, the the becoming a dog is really just an, a, a metaphor yeah. for the greed of being celebrity <laughs> and becoming a beast of fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. being overwhelmed by the devil. Wow. And so he he, uh, he took wow. a hard turn in his life, and I think you can point to this moment in this movie. Yeah. It, wow. Well, this is this is what led him to the Left Behind series. Um. The chase ends with the housekeeper and cook fleeing to a vehicle, being chased by Jack Morgan and Lucky. They both end up howling at the moon atop a rock, which is just... Yeah, this is also that iconic scene, and then also the one I remembered from childhood where they start tearing up the sofa, and the feathers are everywhere, and they're... Yeah, they wake he's up like, that way. He's chewing on shoes, and like he's just being a dog. Yeah, just being... And then... We cut to yeah, the next and this morning. is what? this is. I, I just need. I just need to say something now that's going to plant a seed for later. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! What? Which is that in this scene, it is established that Jack Morgan, while channeling Lucky, yeah, will channeling. do whatever a dog does. Correct. 
That includes tearing up furniture, mm -hmm. digging in the dirt, yeah. chewing on shoes, mm -hmm. eating a bone. It seems that whatever Wucky would do, Jack Morgan would do while channeling Wucky. <laughs> that is, and, that you know, is, I just, just, I just want to. I don't I'm like just gonna this. Put that on the table. I don't like. And this. I'll, you I know what? Put a pin in it. Okay. And I'll no. come back to it. I'll, I'll, we'll come back to it. I don't. For right now, to. don't worry right, about right. it. I'm just putting it a pin. In it. So, are I, you telling us to pause? Yeah. On that oh. thought. We, well done. Thank you. Well, hey, done. we're up to three. If we we're could up to three. pause on that. Thank that you. Pause on yeah. I actually, it. before we go to his hangover, somewhere yeah. amidst this, there's a cut scene to the three dumbasses on their vibrating bed. Oh, yeah. yeah and I, I, I would need to talk about this because they're told by a lawyer that all they have to do to get their money back is prove that Jack Morgan is crazy. Yeah. and shouldn't be the overseer of the estate and yeah. the funds. And they hear this information, and instead of being like, that's easy to do, this guy just got kicked out of his position by the mayor. Like, you know. Truly, it's some official, official uh, issues like obviously Multiple like, witnesses that he's a hack. Yeah, m like he, he got the estate because he claims he can hear the dog. Now, now two housekeepers, or at least one housekeeper and a cook who think he's possessed by the devil... And yet, instead of being like, oh, it'll be really easy to prove that this guy's unfit to rule over the manor, they're like, you know what we should do? Kill that dog. <laughs> Are they like, going to murder the dog? Is literally yes. what I thought. Like, you're going to murder That's this their plan. Dog. That's their plan. As opposed and to all just because like, the lawyer wants 30%, right? The lawyer says he wants, he'll, he'll help him. He'll get him to court. He'll take care of everything. But he gets 30%. Well, and they say that's too much, and he says thirty percent of squat is still squat, which is right. and that that is some guiding. That's a guiding principle. That's another right dog. Yeah. That's, that's another dog value, pun. I'm pretty true. sure too. We don't we don't know squat, the lawyer's huh? name yet, but boy, is it a ringer. <laughs> but also, this is when the three of them are on their Charlie the Chocolate Factory <laughs> grandpa bed, yeah. but it's a vibrating bed that Ruben. Yeah. Like. It says, can I have our last quarter? And he puts it into the bed and the whole bed vibrates like a massage chair at Sharper oh, Image. But I couldn't help but focus on Margaret, who is physical comedy is in her <laughs> wheelhouse because I don't think I don't think the bed was moving enough to her liking for the joke. So she mm. starts like wrapping. Help it along. <laughs> she starts like throwing her body around on the bed. And it's not even in sync with the motion of the bed. It's so ridiculous. And I was just like, the quali quality of this acting is just... Is that $4 million really on screen right here? <laughs> <laughs> you can just see the money on the screen in this like, moment. Like, any normal director would be like, I think you're overdoing it a little bit. But, like, they didn't have the funds to reshoot that scene. So they just rolled with it. Like, we've only paid for this location for three hours. We've got to when do it says, at night. When he says that's our last quarter, he doesn't mean in the movie. He means for the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, they don't get it in one take. They're out. Oh, so. God. You just know that everybody in production is like, they're like, oh, no. Oh, so, yes, they decide that dog murder is the only solution. Uh, and we cut back to the manor where I'm going to add on. I'm not going to fully unpause. Uh, so four. 
Poor dog puns. I'm not going to fully unpause at this point. What I am going to do is I want to add another layer. I'm going to put a post-it note on top of your paused item, uh, Max, and say, Jack wakes up surrounded by debris from his activities the night prior and acts as if he has the worst hangover of his life. Yeah, he literally wakes up like they do in the movie The Hangover where he's like, what the hell happened last night? Which establishes he does not remember yeah, blacked out. the things mm. that occur while he's possessed by the dog, presumably doing everything the dog wants Which him to do. Which is a plot point they're not going to continue on no, forward. No, this is wildly inconsistent. <laughs> well, wildly was, inconsistent. I mean, it was inconvenient later, so <laughs> it just, we just... We forget things that are inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, but like DCOMs, we forget. He things. literally acts like he was on a bender the night before and was like, yeah. "What happened I here?" Kind of was. You remember him tear, like you tore up a lot of pillows. Yeah. You know that that night was a little rough. Am I right? <laughs> Number five. <laughs> uh, this is this has got to be one of my favorite interactions of the entire film. Uncle Phil comes downstairs, looks at Jack in this pile of debris. And Uncle Phil looks at Jack and says, so, crazy night last night. And Jack says something effective, yeah, how bad did it get? And Uncle Phil goes, I had to lock my, for the first time ever since living in this house, I had to lock my door and sleep with the light on. This is the man who just manhandled. Yeah, what do you think he did last night? (laughs) That a man that just lifted you out of a car with one hand <laughs> and dropped your ass on the ground. <laughs> what what needed to lock his door? Like, what were you doing last night? I can't imagine. I also don't think I understand why he lives there. He's the driver. Like, that's his official title. Is like, no, I mean, no, no, I know Molly. It, Molly. In this movie, he's the narrator. Yes. I I understand that in the film, he is like the token, like wisdom giver. He is like the plot driver. Yeah. He is the kind of like sound advice. Like Obi-Wan. Yeah. I understand that's his role for us, the audience. Uncle Phil is quite gone, Jen. Did he die at the end? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Wow. Doesn't Obi-Wan die too? A few movies in, you know, he gets a few movies under his yeah, belt. Yeah, he, he gets to go through he four gets a, And you lucky dog four. And also the you lucky dog All right, maybe D- Mr. Mr. Disney Plus Pygon. original series. That's right. The, <laughs> the, the Calvin, Pygon. just Calvin is the That's name better. of the series. Would watch it. <laughs> yeah. Would watch. Better than you lucky dog. He has to go care for a young lucky, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I just don't understand why he didn't flee. I, I yeah. put, no, put it on the personal, counter. Like, pers- oh, nah. a flea. Well thank, done. Thank well you. Done. Nice. Put yeah. it on the dog number counter. Six. Number six. He must be like personal assistant. I, like, we know him as driver. Right. But he must be... I mean, he, he like offers to make coffee and, and tea and like he does more than just so sure. like, like a situation. Yeah, I think he must be like butler, personal, yeah. PA. Like he something. reminds me of Chessie in The Parent Trap in that oh, way. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. similar roles. Anyway, so they had that interaction. And we see that Lucky is sad now. And we get introduced to a new power that Jack has. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen this power before. We've only seen, well, at this point, we've seen three powers. Power one can translate psychic barks. Yeah. Power two can translate dog behavior and verbal barks. 
I think it's more can become dog. Can become a dog. And then power three can become a dog. This is power four, which is can now see into dog's mind and experience visions. What? What's the difference between powers one and two? He's saying that one is psychic and the dog doesn't actually bark. And oh, the true. second one, the dog barks. Physically and like, barks. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Power two is more Caesar Milan. Power one is more. What was the name of that? Uh, Xavier. Psychic reader? Professor Xavier. Profe- yeah. Professor Xavier. Mm, I was okay. actually going to go with the, the, the late night infomercials of the, of the, of the woman who would read your palms, but this neither here nor there. Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. Power one is Miss Cleo. Power two is Caesar Milan. <laughs> reads, reads the dog cards. I, I, Reads the bones, if you will. Yeah, this is a new power. Yeah, he can see Lucky's flashbacks. Yeah, well, memory reading. Lucky for us, pun intended, we also get to see the flashback. Yeah, we see that flashback a lot, by the way. We see this thing at least three times. That's another way they saved money on this film was they shot one scene and just used it multiple times. This is a key plot point. Let's just have this on replay. So this is, we get to witness from Lucky's perspective, the death of Mr. Windsor, which starts with a heaping cup of tea lucky asks to go outside in a storm to go to the bathroom no dogs just like a storm like a like a torrential like a hurricane downpour yeah it is like hurricane like outside like have you met a dog no dog wants to go outside in a hurricane not at all no shot we could have a we could have a schwitz a spritz and r2 wouldn't want to do it yeah it can it could be Barely drizzling and cronks like absolutely. There could be not. a sprinkler on, and he wouldn't want to go. Yeah, but in any, in any case, they go outside. They get outside. Mister Windsor has his umbrella up. He drops Lucky's leash. They have a moment of interaction, and then presumably Mister Windsor has a heart attack. It yeah, he collapses, and it it looks like he dies. It's heart attack like yeah. yeah. But the thing that's emotional about it is that Lucky then blames himself. Yeah, yeah. he feels real guilt. Because if he hadn't made Mr. Windsor come outside, then he wouldn't have died. Right, right. Uh, which, Just really sad. Yeah, that's, that's actually, sad. Yeah. Uh, not, not, to, not to try to focus on things that aren't the actual emotionally traumatic issue, but did you notice Mr. Windsor, in a feat of acting brilliance, throw that umbrella at his death scene? No. no. He, he, uh, for a minute there, I thought the wind took it during his, during his collapse, his dramatic collapse into the wet ground. On second and third observation, because, and this is not me rewinding, this is just me watching those scenes again two more times in the film, which naturally occur, he he yucks that umbrella, which I think mm. is just a level of gravitas. That's what I would do if I was dying. Yeah, yeah, just throw, throw the umbrella. I mean, I've never died before, but I would I would guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, I want to, you know, I guess this is a spoiler alert for the big plot twist, but I wrote down $100 that the uncle was murdered by the yeah who was going to pay yeah. you the i think we all knew it right then yeah for sure oh, for sure he was murdered uh, um so this is lucky sad and we get uh, we get a flashback sad. we're sad for lucky um and between uncle phil and jack they decide the best thing for lucky is to go to the mall everybody let's Robin go Sparkles. to the mall everybody everybody come, come and play, and play. Throw every last care away. away. But here's the thing that really hurt my eyeballs is that Lucky gets really excited at the prospect of going to the mall. So therefore he possesses Jack Morgan. That's mm-hmm. right. And instead of getting in the car like a normal person, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh. 
Lucky jumps through the car window. So yep. then Kirk Cameron jumps in through the car window. Oh, that's right. That did happen. And then they're like frolicking in the back of the limo and Uncle Phil's yeah, driving. Wrestling. And at what point Lucky has to itch behind his ear. <laughs> And they have This is the most uncomfortable scene I saw, and it's like seconds long. Oh. But this leg comes up behind Kirk Cameron's head and like kicks at his ear in the way a dog leg. And you're would. supposed to believe that it's his leg because apparently turning into a dog makes yeah. him like a contortionist a, a gumby human yeah. like he <laughs> has no bones you know he just but in reality it was an extra yeah it was some, an extra wearing, some extra just, gets to write i am that kurt cameron's leg cameron's on their head. headshot from now on it's not even an extra it's like a production assistant <laughs> it's like, an intern yeah bring in lyle he just to get to do hold like this and it's, shake it up and down so guy, it kind of looks like a dog it's uh, the guy holding Strad. the boom he's got oh, his leg God. but yeah boom so, so we're supposed to believe that yeah kirk cameron physically can do what a dog can do now because he's jumping into the, the window like presumably yeah. off all fours into the car window and oh, then he's God. scratching his ear and <sighs> at one point one of them says the phrase pussy footing which is such a stupid <laughs> word that it made me giggle and i wrote in all caps pussy footing well that's uh, that's the trio we have we have oh our, yeah that's one of them uh, we have our, our our three stooges again do the weirdest car chase with the limo that here's, Uncle here's my driving. problem with this scene so yeah the the nephews and the niece are now on the way to the mall they are driving oh they're tailing the limo they're trying to record uh jack being a lunatic which he is in the back yeah, seat they, of the car they've got it sure. on they lock. have they have a camcorder they're trying to record they've just established that they don't have any money they're driving a van where did they get this car it's Good like a, it's kind of a beat up shitty van so i wonder if we're supposed to like accept that they had like a little bit of money and they used and they it bought the to van. buy this they van the, well they had their i mean what they had a quarter left over from buying the motel room and, the van and the van and the camcorder. Cam Regardless, they, they yeah, they also have a camcorder. Regardless, they <laughs> are, they are not successful in getting the footage because Ruben the dope forgets to put a tape in. Oh, classic Ruben! Classic Ruben! They are and then the hit and run. they get in a, an accident, which I love because they shoot from like you know they like show the van, then they show the car, and all I could think in that scene was like they're like a hundred feet back. Like, they have all the time in the world to stop this van. <laughs> like, by the time he sees that the car is coming, if he just applied the brakes at a normal rate, they would stop. <laughs> but instead, just roll right into Smash it, baby. Right like, into the, yeah, just yeah. Uh, the only thing that was injured were the bikes. And so they, they conduct a hit and run. They they bail. And now and we're at the mall where apparently dogs are allowed. Yeah. I, I don't know if... In every store. Yeah. We went to the mall a lot, I would imagine, in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s I, as a group. I loved the mall. Shout out, shout out West Town Mall. <laughs> shout out Phipps Plaza and Sh Lenox Square. Shout out Mala, Georgia. Shout out Tyson's Corner. Yeah, love the mall. I don't remember ever seeing a canine in any of those malls. No, and yeah, I these days, these days you would see service animals. That was not right. This is the nineties. That was not really a thing in the nineties. Right or wrong, yeah. right? That wasn't really a thing in the nineties. 
I remember seeing pets in like a pet store, but it, it was like a special thing. Well, yeah, that you could event. bring your animal to the pet store. And they go to what looks a lot like a Rich's furniture store. I don't mm. know if y'all ever went to Rich's. I don't it know was, what that is. It was another department store that eventually Macy's purchased, but it was like mm. a Macy's competitor. Another incredibly relevant store today. And I love Macy's. I bought my couch from Macy's a year ago. Macy's has some good dishes. And mm. you can get a lot of name brand things at great prices, especially when your I'm mom's sorry, been is this a, a hashtag ad? No, but your when your mom's been a Macy's rewards member since you were alive, oh, she's so got a lot of coops ad. on the account. Out. and mm. sometimes you I'm just saying when I bought this couch no shot I could have brought a dog and why I sit on that couch <laughs> <laughs> not a yeah. chance in hell but yeah I used but to for his go couch, yeah can. Rich's furniture store was like at certain malls they had often a, their own like standalone store that was just furniture mm-hmm. and I used to be dragged there by my parents and so freaking bored because i a human child wasn't allowed to play on the furniture yeah, yeah. i can imagine a dog so, an animal and then they buy like 17 couches yeah <laughs> all Lucky of them leather all the couches so they buy 17 couches they then go to a shoe store a shoe store mm-hmm. buy a bunch of leather shoes presumably for not wearing but for chewing mm-hmm. followed by a trip to the pet store yeah, and okay, I need to, uh, hold on. Okay. I need to revisit my pen. They go oh, to no. the pet store oh, no. in the mall. The oh, one place that it makes sense for Lucky to be. Agreed. Undeniably. Agreed. They're shopping for squeaky toys, which we find are too squeaky or not squeaky enough. They're shopping <laughs> for uh, bones, and he wants bones? all of them. Yeah. Bones? Uh, bones? You want a bone? Um, <laughs> But then Lucky discovers there are other animals here. Yes, he does. He makes that call. <laughs> and oh, no. um, he he particularly has his eye on a, a, a dog, a girl dog. And uh, he we goes assume up it's to a the girl, girl dog. dog. We assume it's a girl dog. I agree. It, it, I, who knows? But they, they imply. And by the way, it's the 90s. So um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl dog. Um, he has his eyes on another dog. Clearly in a like lovey-dovey kind of way. And Jack is like, no, nah, I think we're done, Lucky. But it did prompt me to have a thought, <laughs> oh, which God. was, oh, no. you know, let's imagine a world, maybe a spoiler alert, where eventually this dog gets purchased. And um, there's another dog. Now, we've established in this movie already oh, no. that Jack Morgan will do anything Matt. that Lucky does, Matt. no matter how gross it is, Matt. no matter if it's chewing on shoes or tearing up furniture or eating bones. Jack Morgan does what Lucky does, and he has no memory of it on the other end, yeah. to which all I have to ask is the simple question, has Jack Morgan had sex with a dog? <laughs> God in heaven. Because I got to be honest, I'm thinking the answer is yes. (laughs) And if not yet, soon. I hate it. Seems inevitable. I hate it. This is on par with Mamussy in terms of things that we've talked about as a group. I would rather talk about Harold's mummy penis than Jack Morgan (laughs) And a girl dog, um, an interspecies. I relationship. think the I think the unfortunate answer is probably yeah, probably yeah. I don't want to think uh. about it too much. I'm gonna hope for everyone and mostly the dog's sake that it's a pants-on situation. <laughs> oh, sure, just a little rubbing. 
Well, no, luckily, no, Molly, no. you don't have to think about it too much because you got the weirdest interaction between the adult <laughs> and the child ever on film to jump to <laughs> oh, when, which, we, my God. when we see his lawyer in the yeah. pet store. Yeah. Yes. He runs into Allison, who yep. has her daughter with her. Unnamed. She, the daughter wants a puppy, as every kid does, but Allison says no. This is presumably the first time. Yeah, it's definitely the first time that Jack is meeting the child. Oh, for sure. For sure. For and sure. he's clearly never spoken to a child in his life because he's one step above, hey, kid, want some candy? Like, <laughs> That's what I was You want a boat? <laughs> you want a boat? <laughs> he like, is like, well, hey there, do you want to take my dog on a walk? And she just like Does. takes the dog. Like, like We weren't this gullible in the 90s for sure. There were lessons that we had. They were like, if somebody who looks like Jack Morgan comes up to you. <laughs> says they have a puppy. they've got a puppy. Do not puppy. take the puppy for a walk. But yeah, she takes the dog, which then of course opens up a lovely more chemistry, more palpable chemistry between yeah, the two it, of them. Just he's being so mean. It radiates <laughs> off the screen. I, I, how lucky we are to be in the warmth of their acting aura is what I'm saying. Because oh, man, wow, unstoppable. What, what? Uh, before, before she runs away with with Lucky to go on a an unscripted but very weird walk with Lucky. The daughter says something like, "Well, yeah, because Dad's not in the picture." And of course, cut to her run away. Gotta establish. You have yeah. to establish yeah. a single parent situation For in sure. 90% For of DCOMs. Sure. We we should be keeping track as we do this podcast, I that's- think. That's single two. parent. Right we're now we're two. two for two. Right. Yeah. I, Un, I, uh, under wraps and you lucky dog, both single parents. I'm literally each. adding a section here called single parent count. She goes, the daughter goes away with lucky and then Jack Morgan in the worst stage whisper I have ever seen turns, looks directly at camera <laughs> and says, not married. Just like that. Yeah. Nice. It is. I was like, Nice. She can hear you, bro. She is right there. She is within arm's reach of you, and you did that? No, Alan, she can't, because that's what it says in the script. <laughs> <laughs> or the lawyer paper she brought to the pet store for him right. to sign. She right. was too busy fumbling for her papers. But then they go to the food court, which was my favorite part of the ball. Um, yeah. The, the you insulting know, where, where you she's need from. to get yourself an orange Julius and a Obviously. Cinnabon yeah. and a little... Great, great American great. Cookie Company. Oh, yeah. Well, great American Sparrow. Cookie Co. Some Sparrow Pizza. There's always some kind of um, Chinese restaurant with like a sesame chicken sample on a toothpick they're giving out down there. It's so funny you mentioned that, Molly, because there was one of those here, too. And it had definitely not a problematic name. Wonton Tommy's. <laughs> no. I hate that. I hate it yeah, so much. Um, you know, wonton Tommy's. Oh, wonton you know, Tommy's. Wonton Tommy's. That's that is inherently worse than like Golden Dragon or whatever. Oh yeah, for most sure. of yeah, them. Yeah, it goes called. from like mildly racist to overtly racist. <laughs> it's so bad. That's like an Abercrombie T-shirt of the same era oh, type. Oh wow. Um, Great documentary though. That was a very interesting documentary. Anyway, of course, being at the food court excites Lucky because think of all the smells. Oh, crab raccoon. <laughs> he sesame chicken. And what happens when Lucky gets excited? <laughs> so does, yeah, okay. so does Jack Morgan. The, the single most disturbing scene of this film is about to occur. All right. And it nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. Jack is getting excited. You see what you see. The camera angle is over Allison's shoulder at Jack's face 
and then a zoom in on Zach, uh, Jack's face when he is emoting for Lucky possessing him. Oh, come about chicken. He's just he's he's grunting generic Chinese dishes. What I don't need is the next shot, which is a direct pan down to his ass wagging as if he has a fake tape. <laughs> I don't need that. That was something that I was like, that we all knew what was happening in this scene. This is now uncomfortable. What you have done is taken it too far. And also, Allison doesn't react. Yes. No, no, no. They then go bananas in this food court. And her response to her daughter is like, they must really be hungry. Like, oh, well, he, what? he literally is like taking pizza out of the trash and, and jumping people's on people's plates. tables and taking yep. food off their plates and eating pizza without his hands, like, like shaking it like he's a dog. And like, literally, they're just like, silly guy. The most realistic version uh, seen in this is when Lucky jumps on the counter of wonton Tommy's, you know, where the cash register is. And all of the people that work there who are behind that counter prepping dishes and whatnot, they, they don't react literally at all. And you know what? You may say, and you may think like, well, of course they would react. I'm going to tell you, as somebody that has worked in the service industry, I don't think that would even blip on my radar. Like, I, I, think that, like, I think that, like, if you've worked in a quick service restaurant and a dog jumps on your counter, you're like, whatever, man. Like, I just, just take I got to get... I got to get the sample platter out because I, I got to put all these toothpicks in this. Yeah, chicken, I got, like. I got stuff to do. And like this dog on my counter is the least of my damn worries right now. You know, like who's going to take care but of it? But if Jack Morgan owner? jumps on your counter, then you're, then maybe it a is a problem. I, I agree. <laughs> you got a human and a dog. I also like, I understand it was the nineties. So like cell phones and being able to record everything all the time didn't exist. But the fact that there's not one person there that can record this to then put on the news is shocking to me god that's because he disrupts that whole food court and people yeah they will they will pay this off later yeah but it is like the the whole premise of him not being able to be found incompetent and then publicly <laughs> causing a scene multiple times is wild it's it's crazy i mean he is like destroying families dreams of having an annie ann's pretzel right now like he is absolutely going crazy in this food court and everybody's Police watching should be called no but and no one's present. really reacting like, yeah, like yeah, literally they, they just pull him out of the trash and they're yeah, like go bro, go on, go on, go on. and it here's the other unsettling thing it takes a a disproportionately long time for the citizenry in the mall to even react. They just watch it play out for a long, it's like watching a train wreck. You're like, oh, this is neat. And then like, it, only after it happens, they're like, maybe we should not be here right now. It's you know just, what? I, I'm, I'm willing to accept in this moment. I was not that old in 1998. And I'm willing to accept that maybe this is what malls were like. <laughs> you know that like i was i was i was nine years old in 1998 and i'm willing to accept that maybe this is what mall culture was and then yeah. it, it, it just wouldn't stick out yeah for if sure. somebody was going wild going ape shit for some sabaro listen every mall you know? had a jack, jack, jack i love sabaro they were hyped up on orange julius <laughs> had just slammed a cinnabon 
and they were going a little nutty in the food court. You know, they, they like Robin Shabatsky were going to the mall today, today. We have the food court incident and there is a jump cut post being pulled from. Yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just looked this up. I think I figured out the solution to all the problems. Oh, I think I understand why people at the mall didn't react. Yeah. Surge. The soda oh was released God. the year prior. Surge. You know it was what? released that in 1997. Adds <clears throat> that adds up. This yeah. is the year of Surge. Yeah, Surge came out the year before. People probably thought he was just hopped up on Surge. Well he known the for dog. too much caffeine. I figured well it known. out. Wow. Fun little anecdotal story. Um, I was in the Girl Scouts. Um, really? And, yeah. And How long were you in the Girl Scouts? I don't remember. I wasn't great at it. Yeah. (laughs) Do I look like I camp? Like uh, most of the activities weren't for me, but, uh, every weekly meeting, somebody's parents like brought snack or whatever and and left it for after school. And one of my friends, her dad worked for Coke. I I grew up in Atlanta. Coke's there. Normal thing. Yeah. Um, and her house was the best because she had this like extra fridge. And when you'd open it up, it was just like stocked full of like every Coke product you can imagine. But I remember her telling me one day, I think we were probably in like third grade. She was like, hey, my dad let me pick what sodas I wanted for brownies today. And I got Surge. Nice. (laughs) Because like her mom was like, you guys can have like the Minute Maid lemonade products. Sure. But she was like... I got surge. So then we were hype that brownies meeting. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever had surge and it was at a school walk-in and I swear we were (laughs) all hyped up like spider monkeys. I mean, like it was (laughs) like, we were off the fricking walls that night, just wired for sound because we were all taken in the surge. Yeah. Looking back, I feel very bad for troop leader Miss Lee that day because I'm sure we were all just fucking nuts. But like, I remember specifically her being like, I got surge. Like it it was like, it came back a few years ago yeah. and I ordered I ordered a full case. Did it taste as good as you remembered? It did. It, yeah, it did. It, it tasted exactly like the 90s, let me tell oh, you. Oh, wow. It was, it was perfection. After the surge uh, withdrawal occurs, they find <laughs> themselves back at <laughs> the, the manor uh, getting all of the deliveries from the shopping escapades. Yeah. And who should show up but our trio... The, the nephews and niece, with Margaret saying to Reuben and Lyle, hey, listen, proving this clearly mentally stable man <laughs> is insane, yeah. is not working out. True. So I am going to go and make a deal with this mentally competent man. Yeah, individual. Who, who can speak for dogs. So she exits the Scooby-Doo mystery machine van <laughs> and goes to the front of the house as the deliveries are being brought in. And then has has perhaps the most appropriate reaction to anything that has ever occurred in this film thus far. When she says, what are you doing? And he says, oh, Lucky wanted to tear out your Italian marble tile and replace it with something else. And she is visibly shocked and affronted. And I think that's fair. Yeah, especially because we all agree. That thing he's going to replace it with is AstroTurf. Astro-turf. Yeah, AstroTurf. So she Inside. is visibly upset by this. Lucky seeing Margaret's presence becomes upset. And we know what happens when the dog shows the slightest yeah. amount of emotion. Yeah, it Jack takes, Morgan. Yeah, Jack Morgan is now the dog. 
You know, because one good turn begets another. He commits assault. He commits assault because they've done it to him. An eye for an eye. Doesn't a skirt he for a say skirt. like I've always wanted to do this? Yeah, there's a line where like oh, God. he's yeah, channel like personified. He's like lucky, channeling yeah. Lucky, and he's like, I've always wanted to do this. I always wanted to do this. And then he bites her on the ass. Yeah, and tears her skirt. Yeah, he has a mouthful of skirt and, and I, an underskirt. I just want to. That's called a slip. I'm gonna teach you some things. Hey, thank you. You're welcome for that. I a just slip. want to remind everyone: this is not the dog biting the woman on nope. the ass no, this is, is kirk cameron jack morgan biting this woman on the ass and there are delivery people all kinds of witnesses <laughs> literally so many witnesses at least two dozen people in proximity yeah. that, are that, not, that are not like aligned with jack right no, it's not like neutral. uncle phil is the one guy there who would lie for jack it's like a dozen delivery guys who have no skin in the game yeah absolutely wild there are witnesses everywhere. So the inco- and the fact that their thought is not to go, wait, this really helps our incompetence argument that we've been trying to find is baffling. To and me. so fa- I just want to ask, I just want to ask her trying to make the deal. It doesn't work, right? Yeah, it does not work. So you might say she was um, barking up the wrong tree. Okay, that's number <laughs> seven. <laughs> Oh, God. I, would, I mean, she walks back to that van with her tail between her legs. <laughs> That's number eight. <laughs> but seriously, though, I, I want to, like, stick on this for just a second. If you were delivering something to a house. Yeah. You're just, like, working for the local floor store. And you already think the they're probably store. insane. Because they are out tearing marble. marble out and putting astroturf in. <laughs> And you watch a grown ass man run on all fours after a woman <laughs> mm-hmm. and bite her in the ass. Are you not calling the cops? A hundred percent. Yes. hundred percent. Yes, I'm calling. I would, I would, I would, I would whip out my car phone. Yeah. And I would get, the bag, get the bag phone out. Get the bag phone out. And I call, would call the cops. Call the cops. Yeah. She goes back to the van and she's like, well, he didn't want to negotiate. And I'm just like. Okay, I would That's be wild. now looking at that lawyer like, I think we got a case. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Easily. And now we have a better case. Truthfully. Exhibit A, my I, skirt. I honestly thought he was going to hump her leg or pee. I thought oh. he was going to pee on her or hump mm. her leg were the two things I thought. And somehow the actual situation was because worse. We all know, because we've already Peeing established. It would have been pretty bad. It would have been terrible. <laughs> well, but we already, here's the, here's the thing in favor of that. We already know that uninhibited by the dog, just Jack Morgan acting as Jack Morgan, he is willing to expose his genitalia. That's true. So this movie I mean, is about be a, out of the question. He no. doesn't even need to be the dog. This no. movie's Jack about Morgan a, might just pee on her. Furious. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is about a criminal who gets away. A hundred percent. This movie is about Jack a bad guy. He's yeah. a bad guy. hundred percent. Well, Jack Morgan's a straight white man, so he could do oh, whatever he yeah. wants and not <laughs> get in trouble yeah, for that's it. True. That's also another moral of the story. You know what? Can confirm. Can yeah. Hey, hey, buddy. After the assault occurs, I want to make it clear that you guys don't commit crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but, yeah. no, the, least, I understand yeah, you're yeah. both straight white men, but I, to we, my acknowledgement, uh, you're, you're not out not, there committing a bunch committing of crimes. crimes. Sorry, I, sorry. Okay, we, we I just commit, wanted we, for the yeah. record, yeah. the record yeah. to state that. Yeah, the record shows we do not commit crimes. Yeah. Um, so, the assault occurs. 
the trio leaves and now we are back inside the manor after all this work has been done at a rapid pace and we and we have what is one of the this is this is movie is full of just very strange scenes but this one in particular is some of the weirdest film camera work oh yeah that i have ever seen as we are taking a tour of lucky's new play place uh where you have a grainy shot from lucky's perspective yeah, I like that we're seeing this scene through Lucky's eyes. And if you we got were, it would be colorblind. And I, I'm mad that they didn't do that little bit of realism. So you are from Lucky. Everything Lucky's else has been very realistic. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's really pulled me out I, of the, I, would, it would help <laughs> I really got pulled out in this moment. It would have helped me know? feel seen. Uh, yeah. So from his perspective, he pans around the room. And then when he reaches apparently objects of interest, the grainy image stops for about two seconds. And I, it was at this moment I thought that the stream had broken. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it, I was, thought it was buffering. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> concerned. <laughs> but nope, that's just how they shot no, it. No, it that happens like four times where it's like, look at the balls, stop. And then it was like, look at the bones, stop. And like, what? What? A choice. A choice was made. Yes. A cinematic choice was made. Lucky continues to look through all of his new goods and then is sad again. Well, Lucky knows money can't buy happiness. But you know what can Deep. bring happiness? Chewing on a sock. A sock. Playing tug of war. And then Kurt Cameron takes off his own sock. Yep. And then plays Puts it tug, in of wear. Oh. <laughs> tug of war. With- he starts with it in his hand and pretty quickly. And I want to be clear. He is not being embodied <laughs> by, by the dog in this I moment. wanted to point that out They too. They make that, that clear. He is not embodied by Lucky. He is Jack Morgan. And yet still, he takes that sock and puts it in his <laughs> oh, mouth. Oh, God. And then plays tug of war. And then plays tug of war. Yeah. Most of us, I think, that have had dogs at some point in our life have played tug of war with a rag or a sock. You hold it in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Because the been dog on pulls with their mouth. But Jack Morgan <laughs> puts it in his mouth. He, he, he likes the it realism. So gross. And like, that was just on your foot, my guy. Yep. Like you were yep. walking through the mall. You and you were... know where your foot's been, right? Like you were barefoot in the house. Oh my God. Oh. Where there has been work done to remove tile. So you've got debris on your yep. foot. Gross. Anyway, so so they have the tug of war moment. While that occurs, it's very wholesome and nice. And uh, while on the exterior, we learn that Ruben, Lyle, and Margaret are planning a B&E. Yeah. Because yeah. it can't the, be a decoy. The three a stooges are breaking in. <laughs> yeah, Those, yeah. The, this, honestly, we should have a B and E counter because this is now the that's second. That's true. Film in We're a row. also two for two on a break in as well. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like we've had a two. common plot device, <laughs> the break in. <laughs> so we've got a B and E set to occur where they are in new outfits. So Finally, maybe their budget camo. They're in camo, about to go into, about to go into effectively urban warfare they're going into a house like they're it's, yeah. re, it's residential. a mansion where their their brown and green and black camo will will help them so much so much but they're gonna trank the dog yeah that's yeah, they want right. to trank the dog i also want to point out that these are very clearly fake guns and you can tell because of the orange tape around the uh the, the muzzles of the guns themselves Yeah, and don't worry if, if you're thinking well of course they are it's a disney channel no there's a real revolver coming later so this is just a <laughs> this is just a scene decision yeah I guess. They, they just decided to give these jokers fake guns so they begin to explore the home 
in they're, a very Home Alone style yeah, fashion. Yeah, they're the worst criminals ever. The tranks are intended for the dog, but no dog was tranked in the making of this being. No, there's the only option was for them to continuously trank each other. Obviously. In, uh, like, Which has no effect. They get tranked multiple times and nothing ever happens. Right, I wrote only that down Only Lyle too. gets affected. But, and even, okay, let's say there's not enough to take them down because they're a sure. person compared to a dog. They shouldn't be able to be running through the house. It would be such easy physical comedy. Clearly they want to do slapstick stuff. They've got Kirk Cameron biting a woman on her ass. They clearly want physical comedy. It would be so easy to have them get tranked in the leg and like drag the leg. Yeah. Right? Like Fall down the stairs be able to use the arm fall down the steps but instead no effect no they're just running through the house what, what year did ace ventura come out when nature calls? earlier than this so the ace early ventura, it was like 93 when nature okay so ace ventura when nature calls specifically is a 1995 film the and the reason that i bring this up is because that has i think the physical comedy they're going for when when jim carrey I, gets shot with all of those I, trank darts i think all 90s films have the physical comedy they're going for it's very except just this, except this one it's very home alone like yeah. it's very you always have on uh, these kind of movies like the criminals are always dumb asses who yeah. like are bumbling idiots you never once have like a somewhat intelligent criminal trying to do this stuff so uh, yeah so the the heist not the heist the b and e goes poorly they end up tranking each other only lyle is affected and it's only his left leg for one second no, it, then lingers he runs the, out. it lingers the entirety of the next day too he he, he dead legs into the lawyer's office but so, yeah he can run out of the house without yeah, any problem the, maddeningly inconsistent <laughs> so they also maddeningly inconsistent is margaret loses her british accent only for the B and E, mm. she becomes. Well, she's in character. Oh, okay, that's helpful. Only, only that's part of her disguise. Commit, yeah, only Americans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a method acting choice. That's right. <laughs> Got that's it. Right. So the the mission fails. Jack wakes up along okay. with Lucky. Yeah, yeah. This is the the most important thing is that the mission fails because they wake up. Jack confronts the, the three Suges, sees them. Get shot at by a dart, <laughs> which they miss. It's they unclear who bone. they were shooting they at, bone. but they hit the bone. Jack the big styrofoam bone, though. It's like, yeah. is, is it supposed to be yeah. a real bone? I think it's supposed to be a big bone. I don't know. Yeah, but he confronts them face to face. They shoot a dart at him. They miss. They run. They escape. And then the next day, Jack's talking to the police. And the police, he says, hmm. I know who it was. And they say, well, did you see them? And he goes, no. <laughs> Which is yeah. to imply, well, he smelled them. And the cop is like, well, how do you know? And he's like, you wouldn't believe me. You know what, Jack? You could have just said you saw them. <laughs> just lie. Just lie, bro. <laughs> Although it really felt like you saw them since they shot a tranquilizer at you at three feet away in a fairly well-lit house no. it feels like you probably saw them but even if you didn't just say you did it was the camo it worked that well <laughs> the camo did its job baby <laughs> oh god so but wait can uh, i can i point yeah, something out at this point this movie's been going on for 80 minutes and there are 10 minutes left. And there's <laughs> like the pacing in a decom 
is this is consistent with under wraps horrible nothing happens for 80 minutes and then the entire plot and every wrap-up happens in the last 10 it's wild like i kept looking at this being like how is this movie going to end in 10 minutes they just shove all of it into the final scene yeah yeah because while the cops are at the house the three stooges go back to their lawyer who now upcharges them to 50 percent and leads us to the scene that will tie up every plot thread in the last seven minutes, the courtroom. We stand the judge. Can we uh, get that sure. out of Judge is great. We stand sure. the judge. The judge is here for the nonsense. Yes, we, we love a judge that is here for the nonsense. The lawyer, who we learned his name is Mr. Fister. I could handle that. It's <laughs> a good name. Which just feels like they were like, oh my. That, that feels like a last minute production decision. What's his name? What rhymes with Mr. Fister? Done. Mr. Fister. Let's go. It's spelled with a P though. P-H-I-S-T-E-R. <laughs> Mr. Fister. It's a P-F, isn't it? Like, like Pfizer? Pfizer? I think I'm well, pretty sure it's P-F-I-S-T-E-R. You lucky Don't dog. Google Mr. Fister. Mr. Fister. <laughs> Maybe you do. Okay, so the actor who played Mr. Fister, his name is incredibly... It's actually F-I-S-T-E-R. Uh, it is, oh, is it? Granville Van Dusen. That's a better villain uh, name a, than that, Mr. Fister. Why didn't they use his real name? I guess I know why, because it was in You Lucky Dog. But... Mr. Fister does an incredible job as a lawyer. He's two, very good. Like He's two, a great lawyer. Right. I think the top three actors in this film are Lucky, Uncle Phil, Mr. Fister. They are yeah. incredible actors. Mr. Fister is cross-examining and paying off a lot of plot, as you've mentioned, Max. A lot of these people are like, hey, I saw this crazy shit happen it was that dude. He's a wackadoo, right? Yeah, like we have those mall. moments, right? At the delivery. They check all at those the, boxes. Yeah. We love that. I think in the most heartbreaking moment, they call Uncle Phil to the stand. Yeah. And, and he, he has, has to, to... He has to testify against... Yeah. But Allison is Jack's lawyer. Yeah. And she's basically like, is there anything you need to tell me? And he's like, can't think nope. of anything. Yeah, nothing can't, off the top of the head. Can't think of it. And then she's like, um, hey, why didn't you tell me that you can become the dog? Right. <laughs> he's and like, then I, he's like, well, what do we do? And we get yet another dog pun yep. where she says... We take our licks. <laughs> God, that's nine. Uh, so then he convinces them to put him on the stand. A second time. A second yeah, time. Yeah, he's already been on the stand. And yeah, he goes back on the stand and he's like, I can be the dog and I'll prove it. They they do. It's not working, I think is the best way to put it. That's it not true. Working. Yeah, Lucky, Lucky is not emotional. He's not excited. Jack can't turn. But then the lawyer, Mr. Fister in a very strange out of character it feels like moment because again it's convenient becomes a comically evil supervillain because he is up until this point he's been a perfectly fine lawyer in this moment he becomes comically evil as he begins berating dogs not this dog not just all dogs as he says things like you can't talk to that ignorant creature oh. these mindless beasts that you oh. claim to be talking to they are brain dead like and you i literally was like what 
What is he, happening? He takes a Where hard did stance. this come from? He takes he a, a hard stance against yeah. dogs. Like, is he a yeah. cat person? And we just now found this yeah, out. Yeah, he's a like, cat person. <laughs> what is which, happening? Which has now elicited anger from Lucky in the most convenient, <laughs> it was written in the script type way. And this leads to Jack being able to embody Lucky. And he proves that he can... He, read lucky's mind or is lucky Do an object guessing session. yeah they put them back to back or he's looking jack's looking at the jury tail and, to tail and <laughs> <laughs> and uh number 10 they show things to lucky and then jack is like oh that's a hotel pen you stole from the hotel and then a candy bar. Which, and he, he's like, oh, nougat and peanuts and chocolate, my favorite. Which, like, would murder I hope him. not. <laughs> I hope it's not your favorite, Lucky. I just my gotta guy. be honest. Oh, and my favorite part of this is he refers to people as two-leggers. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that's his like, uh, mafia. He's like, two-leggers no, two two love chocolate. And you're like, what? In this, in this time, we get a monologue from Lucky about how via jack morgan via yeah, jack like, morgan about, in a comical voice yeah about how about what <laughs> what humans could learn from dogs about life and death and i think it goes something to the effect of the sweet song of a can opener catching your own death feeling a catch in your own tail and then all of a sudden being hit by a bus <laughs> which is just like it's what? all over man <laughs> it goes real what? deep real quick it goes it takes a dark turn in a hurry after, after, like the, he has his inspiring what he, what two leggers can learn from dogs monologue. We get for the third and final time the flashback to Mister Windsor, where we get the prequel of the flashback. Now, where Mister Windsor, while his back is turned, uh, we see Lyle enter the room with a bottle that is so very conveniently labeled poison in big letters. Yeah, it's nice it was labeled. I wouldn't yeah. have I wouldn't have known otherwise. I don't yeah. think Lyle would have either. Yzma could take a lesson from Lyle because he True. clearly has an organized labeling yeah. system. Yeah. And it, then Lyle pours a what I could only describe as heaping portion <laughs> of It's enough of, poison. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> yeah. poison. He, he didn't have to measure. There's no, enough he, in there. There's a lot in there. He he pours a heaping helping of poison, potion, into the tea. Which then we see the rest of the flashback play out as as we remember it with sure. with Mister Windsor uh, perishing in the rain. This is where everything, every trend, every bit of plot, every bit of historical knowledge we have goes out the fucking window, because not only does Jack pull himself out of the channeling state, which we have never seen him do. And heretofore has been established that is impossible without outside assistance, i.e. Uncle Phil. Not only does he pull himself from the channeling state, he has full recollection of what has occurred in this courtroom while channeling Lucky. And is able to say the iconic line of, Lucky might not be able to read, but I know what he saw. He saw you, point dramatically at Lyle in script, he saw you... Pour poison into his glass that night. You murdered him. A murder most foul. I wrote at this point, there are three minutes left in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is almost over. It's very but we just unpacked a whole new... Yeah, 
situation. New, new twist. A new plot has entered the chat. Luckily, we it's going to be minutes. resolved very quickly. And it, and it is lunacy because what happens next is Wilde draws an actual revolver in a corner. <laughs> Which, listen, and what wouldn't happen. He does that because a guy speaking on behalf of a dog <laughs> can accuses him of murdering another guy. This is a courtroom case to prove that this guy isn't a lunatic. And because he says that you poured poison in a glass to kill a different guy, and you, by the way, not on trial right now, no murder case against you in this moment, no evidence that actually says that you did this, except for a guy speaking on behalf of a dog, you pull a revolver on a courtroom and decide, yep, I'm throwing it all away. What's your plan in that moment? You're going to murder the dog? Well, You're he gonna tries. Try to escape with He's the handgun? Like, what's the play? Like, what's like, your. There, there where is are we no in game. There's no in game. Well, he to does that. shoot at the dog. And True. Yeah, yeah, Lucky yeah. collapses. Yes. I thought, no. In the last minute and a half, they're going to kill this dog. Yeah, I thought <laughs> that's what's going to happen. We've been but here for luckily, 88 minutes. Yeah, luckily, it just grazed his ear, and Lucky's fine. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. Thank it goodness. Very sad. So the courtroom scene ends with a bit of a whimper, and we find ourselves once more back at the manor where there is just a shitload of animals. Like, uh, an entire shelter or two full of animals have been adopted. And all I can think of this morning, in this moment, is like, God, that's going to be a lot of poop. Uncle Phil has to clean up. That is and, just and so one of the, the most presumptuous thing Jack Morgan has said. Oh, you're right. <laughs> which is that his lawyer, Allison, brings her daughter over and he says, I have a surprise for you. And he shows her the puppy that, that she wanted at the pet store. And he says, we got you this puppy. It can stay here. And then he says to Allison, well, you know, I know that you said you wanted her to have a family, a loving family which she can have here. And I hope you want that as well. Is that supposed to be romantic? I'm sorry. You've been her client for two weeks. <laughs> At most. And At now, most. now you want to buy a family for her by a, purchasing this dog? A dog family. That is mm. a, it's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> super well, super well. But one of the dogs purchased is that lady dog. Mm. Yeah, you know what? Let's just stay away. We'll just we'll just we'll just skirt <laughs> around the the uh, answer to my question from earlier because I'm going to be honest. Not the only dog that was purchased. No, no, no. He bought lots dogs. of dogs. He, he bought dogs. every dog. So all I'm going to say, oh. lots of opportunity. But that does bring <laughs> us to the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and roll credits, which is just God. That, that what a wild, wild movie. Okay. Let's let's not waste any time. Let's do our ratings of this film, and then I will share with you two reviews that I have pulled from IMDb. Okay. Um, th this is this should be no surprise to anyone, which is because under wraps was, we had a ten out of ten rating. So did you, Lucky Dog, on IMDb. Somebody know. rated this movie a ten out of ten. Uh, the answer to your question is yes, a, a resounding oh yes. Multiple people God, actually have but. they seen another movie. I think they're probably a Kirk Cameron fan. Just Maybe any other movie. They they, they probably also, watch his yeah. other films. Yeah, they also love the Left Behind series. Wow. Um, so I think we started with you, Molly, last time on rating the Under Wraps film. So Max, what do you rate 
one to 10. You lucky dog, one to 10. Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie a three. I think that, I think that's higher than what I gave under wraps, but I'm trying to not compare these. If I'm being honest, I don't, I don't know that I want to say, oh, I gave this a this, so I have to. I, in this moment, I want to give it a three. I think Lucky and Uncle Phil are highlights of this movie. Definitely. I think that, um, that there is nothing, you know, and in Under Wraps, if I, if I do allow myself to compare, there were things in this movie that maybe didn't age so well, but nothing quite like a suicide joke, which is what I got in Under Wraps. Mm-hmm. So... I, um, I'm going to give this uh, again, not a great movie. I don't need to watch it again. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Max has a three. Molly, what do you rate you lucky dog? I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Which I think is a little bit lower than I gave under wraps. You give under wraps, I think like a 2.2 or something. No, no, I think like a 2.5. I really did not like this movie. I was bored. It wasn't funny it, for a movie on a kid's channel it didn't have any kids really I mean, it, it had didn't one. it had a kid it had, yeah she's in it for like 30 seconds yeah um yeah i just i didn't think the pacing was very good i think the concept of this movie is a lot funnier than the movie actually is so yeah i i never need to watch this movie ever again yeah i don't blame you yeah, that's fair um I'm going to give you lucky dog. I think I'm going to go right in the middle of you two and give it a 2.5, which is more than I gave under wraps, but not by much. Both of these films suffer from terrible pacing. Mm -hmm. Both of these films are films that I do not need to watch again. I think that I laugh more at under wraps, but just because it's ridiculous and like there, there are jokes that did not age well. It's terrible in that, in that regard. But like, it's just ridiculous. Like it, the movie doesn't know what it is. It has no, if I want to watch pure chaos unfold, I will put on under wraps. I don't need yeah. to ever again, but if I just want to watch pure chaos unfold, I'll watch it. There is nothing in me that needs to watch you lucky dog because there are better movies that follow the same concept and premise that just do it so much better. Yeah. We're going to get to the horse one at one point where the girl rides race horses and she can talk to the horse with her mind. Oh, that's a mm. much better animal dog. Oh, for sure. We'll or animal human psychic connection. Yeah. Movie maybe it'll redeem the, the whole animal talking to psychic, psychic talking. So 2.5 from me, three from max and a two from Molly. So I will now share with you two reviews that real human beings have written and left on IMDb for you lucky dog. I'm going okay. to read to you a 10 out of 10 rating and I'm going to read for you an eight out of 10 rating. God, Oh, we don't have any low reviews. I mean, the lowest review that we have is a four out of 10, but it is uh, not. Nobody tanked it. The lowest review this movie got. Is a four out of 10. Is a four out of 10. Yeah, and it's from uh, the 25th of June, near the anniversary of, of its release, actually, of 2022. That is shocking to me. Wow. Yeah, so the 10 out of 10 first uh, was submitted in uh, 2001. Uh, the title is Enjoyable Movie. Cameron does a great job in this TV movie. Debatable. Debatable. <laughs> It is so hilarious to see a grown man acting like a dog. <laughs> sure is it? You know, I don't know if I would say hilarious is the word I would use. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you think about it, it can kind of make you laugh before you even see the movie. It's funnier in concept. For it is. Sure. It is funnier when I think about it. I agree. Thinking about it is better than what happened. <laughs> for sure. And my favorite line of this review is it has some great acting. And so this makes it an enjoyable movie to watch. By the dog, maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah. Lucky really undeniably is the, the great acting here. by the dog and Uncle Phil. Yeah, and yeah. Uncle Phil. Shout out. Uh, and the this final review I will share with you is the eight out of ten. It is from uh, the year two thousand. A great bit of fun. I came across this movie completely unintentionally one Sunday afternoon last month while flipping through channels and saw Cameron on his hands and knees, panting and growling with a manic look in his eye. It threw me, as it as it would. And after I got over the initial cringe of watching a grown man act like an excited dog, I settled in and had a fun hour. He actually does a passable job of channeling a dog. And I definitely can imagine his kids giggling and laughing at the sight of him, which is worth the possible indignities, smiley face. There was one scene in particular that I was hooting at. At one point, the lawyer that Noble, his real life wife, is playing, rubs the dog's stomach while the man is channeling the animal. Oh God. Cameron's reaction is priceless. It's not just the dog reacting, it is the man too. He clearly had a great time. It's not deep and it's rather silly, but it's a lot of fun. Listen, so I'm not, I'm not channeling? here to yuck yums, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's really what I, I'm into. Personally. I'm just saying if I'm scrolling channels and I see Kirk Cameron on his hands and knees panting and growling, I'm going to keep scrolling. <laughs> yeah. And then you could turn to the Disney channel and see you lucky dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, so that's uh, I thought I'd share those with you all, uh, with both of you and with you listeners, uh, so you could know what, what other folks think. Listen, for those of you who tuned into our um, who tuned, our, tuned into our watch party, which for those of you who are listening, that is just a, a reward for a couple of tiers for our Patreon. Is we actually host these watch parties weekly for our uh, for our Disney Channel original movies for you to watch these with us and kind of react with us. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I have to tell you that reading that chat, especially for this film, was incredibly comical. So thank through. you. Yeah, it got frankly it got me through the movie in this case um and then we were able to get here don't worry friends we have brink coming up next week so we are finally entering the good era of the decom we got some bangers coming up here pretty quick i think what you mean is don't worry this is a great transition team pup and suds oh, 11 <laughs> oh we made it <laughs> i love it all right folks we have brink coming up next week in the meantime, make sure uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, leaving us a rating, subscribe, follow us on social media, come hang out with us in Discord. You know, of all the movies, yeah, of all the movies I've seen, this is definitely one of them. So, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week, Team Puppet Suds. Bye. Bye. Thanks, y'all. Goodbye.